0: Hello everyone, Pastor John Nays from Bridgepoint Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin Coming to you with another lesson from the book of Revelation. I hope you're enjoying this. I've been enjoying doing it But um, I do want to just make a couple of clarifying points I'm not going overly deep into a lot of this stuff I'm trying to just stick with what the scripture says and point out the more obvious points that I think the church really needs to be aware of For instance on Sunday, I spoke on last days. We're living in the last days and there's a response to that. How do we live in the last days? And today we're going to look at the 144,000. In fact, that's where chapter 14 begins. So that's where we're going to start today with chapter 14. And I want us to look at uh, chapter 14 and begin with that understanding that these are, the 144,000 are saved out of the tribulation. And it really gives them a unique viewer, unique perspective, in fact so much so um, that they have a different song. Now think about that. We sing the song of the redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have those songs in our hymns, and our hymnals, and also in the um, book of Revelation, there's the song of the redeemed, those who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and yet this group of people, this 144,000, has a different song, a song that only they can learn. And I think that's unique in the fact that they they've come through the tribulation they 've survived the tribulation, in fact much more than survived they 've kept themselves pure kept themselves pure and righteous during all of the turmoil, the tumult, the trouble the the temptations that were all around them, the hard wickedness uh, that goes on during the tribulation um, in the world, and they keep themselves pure and that 's um that's a huge thing to notice. So let's start with 144,000, uh, chapter 14, verse, starting with verse 1. Then I looked, and there before me was a lamb, standing on Mount Zion, and with him the 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads, and I heard a sound from heaven like the rush of, like the roar of rushing waters, and like the sound of the peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of the harpists playing their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except for the 144,000 who'd been redeemed from the earth. Now notice it doesn't say the 144,000 sing the song. The song is taking place in heaven, and it's a new song. It's a different song, and only the 144,000 can learn it. They can, only they understand its meaning. In other words, being saved through the tribulation or out of the tribulation, um, they have a whole different perspective on God's mercy, God's grace, on who the Father is and who the Son is. Uh, A different perspective that those of us redeemed before the tribulation, um, before this war between man and God um, is actually lived out on earth, We we live it out in a spiritual fight, in a spiritual war, but it's different. So they have 144, the 144,000 have a different song to learn. These are those who did not defile themselves with women, for they remained virgins. They followed the Lamb wherever He goes. They were purchased from among mankind and offered as first fruits to God and to the Lamb. No lie was found in their mouths. They are blameless. I love this picture of the 144,000. Now these are the same 144,000 that we read about previously in chapter 7 of the book of Revelation. They're 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes of Israel totaling 144,000 and they are um, redeemed Jews. They accept Christ as their Savior and they live a pure and holy life and they stand for him in the midst of the temptations, the problems, the issues that are around them all of the time during the tribulation. They're different than the martyrs. They didn't die for, for Christ. They weren't martyred for him. We see them in other places in Revelation. These are not the same people. These are the 144,000. They're a very distinct group. Distinct because of their Jewish heritage. Distinct because even though uh, Jews by nature don't accept Christ, except for Messianic Jews, Um, for the most part, the Jews have rejected Christ as their Messiah. And these 144,000 determine that Jesus really is their Messiah. And so fervent is their commitment to him. It literally says uh, they follow the Lamb wherever he goes. So they're so committed to Christ and to following after him that they, um, they literally live for him in purity. Uh, during the whole seven years of the tribulation. Also, I want you to notice that when I looked there before me was the Lamb standing on on Mount Zion. This is the Christ. This is the conquering Christ, the overcoming Christ. And establishes on Mount Zion as the uh, place on earth where Christ will reign from. This is the end of the era that we now live in. That is the era of Genesis through uh, to this point in Revelation, the earth has been groaning against and fighting against and struggling with their fallen nature. On Mount Zion, Christ with the 144,000 will establish a new kingdom that is based on God, His Word, His faithfulness, His truth, His justice, all of the things that God is His love, His compassion, His mercy, His grace. All of the things that God is the earth will finally, finally, after hundreds of thousands of years, find that place of peace and rest with their creator. And we'll go into that a little more as we look at this next next passage. Verse six, then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory, Because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Now, notice this is a new song. uh, The 144,000 sing. This is a new gospel. Notice the choice of words here. This eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth. To every nation, tribe, language, and people, he said with a loud voice listen to what he says. Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. This is all of the earth being called back to this eternal truth. God the creator, maker of heaven and earth, is coming back to reclaim what is his. And all of the earth is is being led to this point. Come now and worship this God. Come now and worship this Father. Come now and worship him. He's the creator. He's the maker of heaven and earth. The hour of his judgment has come. He's had enough. And he's coming to reclaim that which is his. Belongs to him. He made it. It's always been his. The people of the earth and the enemy of this earth, Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, whatever name you choose, has chosen to fight against the God who is the creator, who is the maker of all things. And in doing so, they've alienated themselves from God, and they've reaped or racked up all kinds of destruction and evil and horrible things on the earth. Study history, you'll see it. Look around you today, you'll see it. But the day is coming when the Lamb of God, the 144,000, will have a new song to learn, and there is a new gospel, there is a new message out there that says we're returning back to our Creator. Let's go back to Genesis, let's see who this God is and understand Him. Now there's another angel that, that uh, enters the fray and he says this in verse 8, a second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Now Babylon the Great is, well Babylon is a city, historical city, but it's more than that. It's the it's the place, the political point, the system of politics, the system of spirituality or religiousness that um, invades or or covers the earth. And in, during the time of tribulation the whole world is going to turn to this system of governance and religiosity that is Babylon, Babylon the Great. It's a destructive force. It's a destructive nature. It's anti-God, anti-Christ. And it is, it is destroying humanity. And during the tribulation, we see that destruction happening. Now, we're about to enter into the time when Christ will reign over all of the earth. And these angels are making these proclamations, flying in midair into the heavens, into the heavenlies even, and saying these are the things that are about to come. Now remember chapter 14 again is parenthetical. It's a description of what we've already seen in Revelation. In other words, it's an explanation. God's giving us a little more insight and a little more information uh, during chapters 12, 13, and 14 to who Babylon is and the beast uh, of the earth and the Uh, The spiritual leader of the earth, all of these things are important to understand but these descriptions help us understand more what happened during the entire tribulation. Now let's move on to the third angel. The third angel followed them and said with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented and burned with burning sulfur and pres- and in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. This calls for patience, endurance, and the part of the people of God who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Verse 13 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, blessed are, the, blessed are the dead who died in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor and their deeds will, will follow them. Now, this is not our favorite part, is it? Where we see God's wrath not only poured out on the earth, but eternal wrath. That there's a separation Jesus spoke 11 12 times about hell about separation from God and this is that picture The separation from God the separation of man and the same punishment as is given to the beast and those who fo- and all who follow him will, will receive the same punishment so it calls out to us those who are Christ's followers To be diligent in our witness number one that this Jesus is real and he is the Christ he's the Son of the Living God that he's the Redeemer and that he's come to rescue us literally redeem us bought us with a price and pulled us out of such madness and it is madness it's madness to kick against the Creator it's madness to say there is no God a fool says in his heart there is no God They look around and they don't see anything of any eternal value. Everything is for now and for today, for what feels good and what feels right. But it's not right, and it's not eternal. So our goal always as Christ followers is to keep our eyes on him, realize that he's the maker of heaven and earth, that our call to follow him can be without repentance, we need to. We want to. Our love for Him should be unchangeable. And His love for us is calling us day in and day out to follow Him without reservation. Like the 144,000 who followed the Lamb wherever He goes. This is our calling as well. Follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Because it's the right, holy, Just righteous thing to do. And the reward for that is eternal life. While the judgment for those who don't is eternal separation and eternal damnation. And this is a wake-up call to all of us. Let's be faithful in our calling. Be faithful to the, the one who called us and follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Thanks for joining me today. I'm going to finish up this chapter next week and get into chapter 15. The last part of this chapter is the reaping that takes place of the earth, and it's a picture of God saying it's time. This is enough. This whole chapter, in fact, is that very message. This is enough. I've been patient long enough. I've endured long enough. I've given you every chance. It's our calling us again. Come and follow me. Just like he did with his disciples. Come and follow me. How will we answer? I don't know about you. But I'm ready to follow him wherever he goes. Wherever he leads me. There is no cost too great. There is no sacrifice to make. Because in the end, the reward will be far, far, far beyond anything I've ever given up. So let's serve him. Let's follow him. For his glory. And for the glory of his church. Thanks for joining me today. Hope to see you next week.